Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 55. Welcome! I am so happy to be here at the end of August. And we are going back to school, people, going back to school. And uh, I've got mixed feelings about that. I think my high schooler, who's going into a senior year of high school, does not have mixed feelings. I think he would rather not be going back to school. And it is a weird back to school. It's all online. Um, and uh, it's very different than the than the spring. I mean, they really, I have to say, they, I have to hand it to our school district that they have tried to make the experience the best that it can be. They gave everyone Chromebooks in the whole school district. And you have to show up at class in front of your, you know, Chromebook with the camera on every day at, at time. Like, it's like being in class. Um, the, the days are a little bit... Uh, shorter and there's space for talking with the teachers and things like that but uh, what's nice is um, my son has a zero period jazz class and um, that used to mean getting to school by 7 a.m. he would start walking out the door about 6 45 well actually by the time you know as time went on more like 6 58 <laughs> but anyways he had to get out before 7 for a 7 o'clock class now that class meets at 7 15 and he can just kind of roll out of bed and then be a class <laughs> so that's actually really nice um but yeah it's just um it's strange but it's you know definitely got the back to school vibe we're having you know heat waves here in southern california which always kind of go with back to school um as much as i want to relate to the tall boots and and sweaters and scarves and pumpkin spice lattes and all that that's not what fall is here fall is hot (laughs) and i don't even like pumpkin spice lattes so there you go so anyways um yeah so that we're going back to school and that gives me um some renewed energy which i could really use right now because things are just feeling a little bit like a slog right now um, but it's like it's the mom's new year, right? Back to school is the new year. Now, what used to be nice about back to school is that everybody would leave the house and then I would be alone in the house. Oh my gosh, I miss that so much. But uh, in place of that, um, you know, I'm just kind of try to freshen things up a bit around here. So we'll talk about that more in the homemaking section. But um, but yeah, so, you know, this things are transitioning. My husband is transitioning to sort of work at home forever. So they're starting to close down his office, which I think is going to happen a lot of places. But um, so I, I yielded a couple more shelves of my sewing room. <laughs> to some books that needed to come home and school books and things like that, which has really made me um, kind of really think about my sewing space, which is nothing like it used to be, but it makes me really think about what am I using? What are, what are the most important things that I need to have at my fingertips? And so the, the shelves that I gave up were had bins of things that I just don't really access that often. And, and my husband kind of argued with me about it. He's like, oh, I can put these somewhere else in a closet. But it, the reality is, is that I think he uses those books more than I was using what was in those tubs. So... Um, so yeah, but I'm, I'm also, I'm really adjusting to having my, you know, my sort of portable sewing room that, that the desk that I work at is, um, I just need to um, 
you know, set my my uh, sewing machine on that, plug it all in. I keep those plugs ready to go. And I used to think that just seemed like an insurmountable obstacle to start sewing in the evenings because I knew I'd have to put it all away so that I could work in the morning. And I'm kind of learning, you know, it, it takes one minute. Are you one of those people that, um, I know that I am, that I, in, in a perfect world, I would have a machine set up for like quilting free motion quilting or whatever and another machine set up for piecing so that I never would have to swap out feet and things like that (laughs) and I just like that's so incredibly lazy and every once in a while when I think oh I don't want to do that because I have to change the feet and then I just change the feet and I think that took 30 seconds like what is your problem (laughs) and so it's the same thing it's like you know it's not a perfect world but it's not you know that big of a deal to to move my sewing machine back and forth so anyways Let's talk about my cup of tea. My cup of tea today is Harney and Sons Darjeeling. I love this tea. Um, it's loose leaf. It's I, I brought the little thing up here. It says the, the canister. I love their little tin canisters. Indian black tea. And it's definitely a lighter tea than something like a an English breakfast. It says, um, this tea delivers a good blend of bright citrus notes and darker stone fruits like apricots and plums. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know if I really can taste all of that, but I love it. I love it. As we move into the quilting segment, I'd like to thank Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring the podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality, fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. Fat Quarter Shop is celebrating the quilting community with a free block of the week quilt along called Socialites. They've joined forces with 18 talented designers to bring you a 38-week quilt along with an amazing array of sampler blocks with so many options. They will release one block every Friday starting on Friday, September 25th, 2020, and it will end on June 25th, 2021. Kimberly will show hers on a YouTube live stream on the same day that the block comes out and every designer will also post their block that day too. So much fun. I will put a link in the show notes. You are not going to want to miss that. Let's talk quilting. I have got two projects that I've been concentrating on and I love nothing more than to know exactly what I'm sewing every day. (laughs) I like a couple of options. Right now now I have one um, machine sewing project and one hand quilting project and that suits me perfectly um, for the days that I am super lazy and don't want to set up my machine. I can just go out into the backyard with my sewing basket and do some hand quilting. So that has worked out really well. So the hand quilting project, it's the same one I've been working on for a while. It is um, the hand piece quilt along, the original uh, hand piece quilt along that we did, that nine block sampler. And um, talked about this before, but I'm just doing a hand quilted crosshatch. How big is that quilt? It's not that big. Like 24 inches square, 28 inches square, something like that. Maybe 28. And um, I waffled forever on how to quilt that thing. And so it's just been so nice to know exactly what I want to do. And I'm just doing a crosshatch one inch apart using painter's tape. Um to mark my stitching line and then I just take that off and and move it so that I keep quilting the same way. I have developed that really ugly <laughs> callus on my um, 
on my left hand middle finger. Now one thing I've tried, um, and I always forget to use it, that somebody in the Hand Piece Quilt Along group shared a picture of one time, is this product called um, New Skin. And it's a liquid band-aid. And so I bought some, and I just, I forget to use it. It works okay. Um, I don't, my, my fingertip, it has a callus, so it doesn't get, um, it's not tender, but uh, it just is just kind of ugly and calloused. But so this liquid bandage is, it smells like nail polish, to be honest with you. And you just, and it's got a nail polish um, brush and you just paint it on your finger um, and it just creates, you know, a barrier. And so I should use that a little bit more, but um, that, I thought that was a really good tip. And so, um, so yeah, I think I just finished quilting it last night. Um, I want to reevaluate the center where I first started. Um, yeah, I put a piece of tape down, you know, diagonally corner to corner. And I, what I did is I went up one side and down the other, and that creates, um, the thread pulls in different areas and it's, I'm not super happy with how it looks a little wrinkly. Um, but I think that I'm just going to try to wet it and iron it and see if, if I can. I would like to not have to tear that out, um, but I, I might. Um, and so then if that's it, then I just need to do binding. And it's funny because I'm wondering if I still have leftover fabric <laughs> from that line, which was super cute. It was, um, oh, I can't remember what it was called. But it was from American Jane a couple of years ago. It's a, like a... 1940s reproduction super cute and uh, so yeah I'm a little worried about my binding situation and I think that I am going to make the binding I don't know if this is like uh, it's if it's ruining the fully hand piece project or not but I think I'm going to machine sew it onto the front and then I always hand stitch it to the back but what I'm really wondering about is hand stitching the binding on um, you know just the first stitch on it where you stitch it on the front because that binding is folded in half and then so that's two layers of fabric there's the front and the back of the quilt that's four layers of fabric plus the the um batting that just seems like a lot to stitch through <laughs> so i don't know i haven't quite decided on that yet but that's going to be the next step so i'm just another project that uh is going to be done and <laughs> folded up and put in a pile somewhere. I don't know. I One day when I have a sewing room, I will put all these little mini quilts up on the wall, but today is not that day. So the other quilt is a solid quilt called Rooftop Wonders. I will post what is not a beautiful picture at all. It was just like a picture taken at night of my design wall um, to show you what the blocks look like. And this, this quilt, I've talked about it a million times, but um, now I'm into it. I finally like broke through the barriers of, that were preventing me from just really knocking out the blocks. And that was such a relief. You know, it's just so funny, the things that can keep you from moving forward. But each block has a lot of different pieces. There's one, it's one block, but once you put the quilt together, you do not see that block at all. The way she has it, it's a rectangular block. And in some places, um, you know, there's like two stacked on top of each other horizontally and then one um, vertically and then three horizontally. So it's, it's just kind of like a puzzle put together. And so you don't see the patterns at all. Um, but there's a lot of pieces in it. Um, and so I have them all cut 
and stacked up in little places with little post-it notes to tell me which one it is. And um, I'm just decided to build six blocks at a time on my design wall. So I just put down the same, the same piece. Let's just say every block has 30 pieces in it. I just put the same piece down in six places and I just kind of work up each one. I don't know, it, it depends. Um, there's a lot of different neutrals in it and brights and it's supposed to look very random but I try to sort of treat each one as a little composition. And then sometimes I just try to be a little bit more random. Um, my son that I'm making it for, he was listening to an audiobook for um, for his, you know, AP English class. And um, I said, do you want me to give you something to do? I've given him lots of things to do while he's listened to this book. He's wiped down cabinets and uh, done little scratch repairs, all kinds of things. But I'm like, do you want to do this? So I just kind of explained to him, I would lay them out in order like this, it's these pieces, these pieces, and and let him like do his little compositions. And then he, when I he was all done, he's like, this one right here, this is my baby. And he explained to me all the thought about how I'm calling back to blue here, and there's this contrast. And and the sad part is um, that I got them mixed up. <laughs> so I learned this trick from Krista Watson on how to chain piece multiple blocks. Now, what I used to do is I would lay out I would do usually four blocks at a time and I would have four blocks laid out in front of me, you know, um, a full, four full blocks. But what I learned from Krista Watson is to stack the pieces. So say this block has 30 pieces and it's like five rows, okay? And so um, when I just, with the thing that I take to my sewing machine, it just looks like one block because it's six pieces deep. And that has worked out so well because then I just sew the first row, all the first row together, and I just kind of keep track. Okay, so, um, you know, the first piece that I sew, which is going to be, the you know, the furthest away from me after I've chain pieced a bunch of them, that's the first one. So then I just, you know, then I cut that apart and just realize what's the top and what's the bottom and stack them back up and set them down. And I just... Um, does that make sense to you? It was so game-changing for me because it's so compact. And I made this um, design board for a class that I took um, at a quilt guild with uh, Sarah Goer. And she said to, it was a planned improv class, which was really good. And she said to bring a design wall, like a portable design wall. So I took one of those, um, it's like a poster board, but it's foam board, it's thick that you can just get at Target and I use it as as a light reflector usually when I was taking photographs but I sacrificed this one wrapped some batting around it duct taped it to the back and that was a great little design board and I have used that thing so many times so that's what I do is I is it once all six blocks are laid up on my big design wall then I just take them down and just stack them up and it just makes chain piecing so fast and so fun it was it's just been really nice. So that's my great tip. Learned it from Krista Watson. Another thing that makes this whole process go quickly is to have a portable pressing station. So when I want to do the whole block, I definitely want to get up and go to my big ironing board with my really good heavy iron, steam iron, uh, which is uh, an Aliso. But I've talked about this before. I love the little portable um, ironing station for pressing units because I think that sometimes if you wait too long to take the thing over to the the ironing board um, it's it's hard to get a really good 
press. So in or things get pressed wrong directions and I'm always correcting and stuff. So I've got a 17 by 17 inch wool pressing mat that's pretty thick. It's from Precision Tools and um, an Aliso um, mini project iron. I've got one, my new one right here in front of me right now. And um, you can use steam or not. And um, it's just, it's a really good size to just press those units. And I just love having it right next to me, right next to the sewing machine so that I don't have to keep getting up and going to the, to the um, ironing board. And it's got that same kind of thing. You know, I wrote a, um, a whole review about whether Aliso irons were really worth it. And I will put a link in the show notes. I love them. Um, I know they're a little expensive, but I also believe that um, investing in good tools totally makes your life easier and, and way more pleasurable. I would rather have less stuff and have really good stuff. This is what I've learned in my advanced age. <laughs> um, but what's cool about the mini iron is Aliso, with Aliso irons, you know, they're, they're the one, the big ones um, have the lifts. So you always keep them horizontal, which I really like because um, I knock my iron over <laughs> and it's so much more stable. And they have really long, um, really long cords and they don't want you to use distilled water in them. They want you to use tap water. And these things are all features that I absolutely love. If you tell me that I do not have to go to the grocery store and buy a gallon jug of distilled water just for my iron, I am going to love you forever. But even the mini iron doesn't have lifts because that would take up too much space in this little um, sole plate. But they it comes with um, a silicone mat that you just keep near it and and you can, so you still keep it in um, the horizontal position, which is really nice. But the reason really why I want to talk to you about this, other than it makes the whole chain piecing thing so much fun, is they've just come out with um, two new colors and they sent me um, the turquoise one. And I love it because I love everything blue. I just said to my friend Minky yesterday, um, she said, oh, I like your phone case. And it's a, it's kind of like a I don't know, an aqua blue. And I said, it's my signature color. So that's how I feel about blue. They have blue and purple. And, um, but the other one I have is pink. So now I have a little, I have a little boy one and a little girl one. Um, so anyways, uh, I'll put links in the show notes, but, um, I guess they, they must've run out of them because you can pre-order the pink and yellow ones right now. And they're on sale. Um, and they will be shipped, um, like uh, at Halloween time or the new purple and turquoise ones. And I'll put a, I'll put a picture in the show notes cause they're so pretty. I'll probably put it on Instagram too. Um, and those will, those are shipping at the end of November. So also perhaps a perfect thing to ask for, for Christmas or to buy yourself for Christmas. I don't know, but I'm just saying I'm not a gadget person. Love the little, um, the little Aliso mini iron. And the other thing I wanted to talk about is um, a book, a quilting book called Color, Thread, and Free Motion Quilting by Terry Lucas. It says, I love the subtitle, Learn to Stitch with Reckless Abandon with 36 quilting designs. This is a super cool free motion quilting book, but it it's not like it's it tells you here are... 20 motifs. There are lots of really great places to learn how to do the motifs. My friend um, Holly Ann over at String and Story has Free Motion Quilting Academy that really gets your confidence up with um, the muscle memory of doing those motifs. This book takes it from a different perspective. So she talks a lot about color. And as a matter of fact, there's a big section 
um, on the color wheel in the book. Um, I'm flipping through to explain it to you. So that she explains the color wheel, and and I do think that I mean once I understood the color wheel a little bit better, I mean it really um, it opens up so many possibilities and gives you so much confidence. In, in your color choices. I remember years ago, I did this bookshelf quilt. It was one of the first quilts I did for my daughter, Chloe. And um, at first, what I did is I just went through scraps and I just kind of, you know, randomly put them together to build, um, it, the, there was a block um, with the different books. And, um, and those were fine. They were very scrappy looking. And then I got a, a color wheel and I started playing around with this block is all analogous colors and this block is full of contrasting colors. And they looked so much better. And it was just, it was really a fun way to do a color study is something like a, a bookshelf quilt. Anyways, so she t tells you, explains the color wheel. I kind of talked about the color wheel last episode as well. And then she talks about the impractical color wheel, which is now that you know, about the color wheel and you know the rules now it's time to break them and I, I love that philosophy and so what she does is she has you take um, a, a scrap of fabric in different colors and then stitch your own color wheel on top of it using different colors of thread so pick um, you know and it doesn't have to be like pick a blue thread, not not every shade of blue. Like I pick a blue thread, a red thread, a violet thread, a yellow thread, green thread, things like that. And um, and so I'm looking at this one right now. That's white fabric, and then she just breaks up. It was and she's kind of just got these cool free motion. Um, I don't even know. It's just wavy lines filling in the spaces of all these different colors. And what's cool about it is you can really see the impact of the th using a colored thread on this particular fabric. So now on white fabric, that's not, there's not a lot of surprises, but then she has gray fabric in. Man, yellow thread on gray fabric looks super cool. Um, and you'd be like sort of surprised at how much, like say purple um, really fade, and blue fade to the background. And same thing, so we've got, here's a um, black fabric and all the different colors of thread, like this hot pink or fuchsia, really pops on black, which is really cool. Um, so she just goes through the whole thing. Um, orange, yellow, green, blue, and then she's showing you different motifs for each of these impractical color wheels, um, as she calls them. And so you, you can use this book to be inspired by the free motion quilting designs, but also to think about using different color threads in your quilting. I am always one that wants to have a matching thread. <laughs> Angela Walters told you know, taught me that. Um, and so this would be a very brave choice for me, but um, just a super cool idea. And then she goes on to, uh, to talk about colors in nature and how to be inspired by color combinations you see in nature and um, how to choose colors and all, all kinds. It's a, it seems just like a super cool book that's um, a little bit different because it's not just, let me teach you how to do free motion quilting designs. It's let me help you to be brave about making fabric and thread choices. So anyways, that again, I will put a link in the show notes, Color Thread and Free Motion Quilting by Terry Lewis. I have no knitting project to talk about at all and probably will not for a while because I'm just a little bit obsessed with hand quilting right now and I think I'll probably move on to another hand quilting project after this. But my daughter has crocheted up 
the most adorable jacket. Um, I, I love how she's just completely fearless about it. It was a, it's, it's made of granny squares that don't really look like granny squares. And um, there was kind of an issue where she wasn't really understanding how to, to join them. So she just made them individually and has, you know, has seamed them all together. And um, I don't know, it's super cute. She's doing the, the final touches this weekend. And I just can't tell you how much it uh, warms my heart to know that uh, even though it's crochet and not something that I do, that my daughter has some sort of a handiwork um, project going all the time. I love it. So you know if I'm doing this much quilting, I'm watching a lot of TV. <laughs> That is a given, and I love the fact that I can do them both at the same time. Um, I've been talking for the last few episodes about this Australian show called A Place to Call Home um, that I watch on Acorn. Acorn, if you love British and turns out Australian TV shows, Acorn is a deal at five bucks a month. Um, it's kind of like my own personal little splurge. Since I don't really get to go to Starbucks anymore, <laughs> My $5 Acorn subscription is taking that place. But I finished that show and um, I loved it. I loved it. And it's over now. And I'm kind of sad. It was six seasons. It took me a while to get through it. Um, did I tell you? I don't know if I, I probably mentioned this, but I'm going to say it again. That at the if you do watch it, at the end of episode two, they thought it was canceled. So they wrapped it all up in one episode. And then and that episode aired, and then, um, I'm pretty sure I've told you this before, but then they found out that somebody else bought it, and they were going to keep it going, so they reshot that episode, the last 10 minutes of that episode, to instead of every storyline being wrapped up in a tidy little bow, you know, it, it was all going to hell again, <laughs> so there was a big cliffhanger for the next, uh, the next season, which I just thought was like, I don't know, just such a fun little trivia fact about it. So anyways, I finished A Place to Call Home, and you know what they did at the end that I loved is um, they did the little, you know, epilogue about each character and and where they ended up and, and you know, what they ended up doing, and that was really, um, it, it felt very complete to me. And then I discovered another Australian show. I didn't know that I loved Australian shows. It's called MacLeod's um, Daughters. And if you're Australian, let me know if you know about the show. It is, it's also a million seasons. And at least the first season is 22 episodes. So I have a lot ahead of me. I am embarrassed to admit that I am in the last episode of the first season right now. I've been really binging it. So it is about, it takes place like on a cattle ranch or just a working ranch. They've got cattle, they've got sheep. And um, the the main character, Claire, um, she has worked this her whole life. She's, you know, like, I don't know, how old is she? 30-ish. And um, her father has died and left her and her half-sister, who she has not seen in many years, um, 50-50 split on this on this property, in this ranch. And Claire worked it her whole life. The other girl has like barely lived there. So the girl, um, Tess, who has like has not really grown up on this land, she shows up, you know, and is basically like, okay, let's sell this place. I want my money. <laughs> and um, she, they, she ends up staying for some period of time. And um, a, a bunch of things happen now that Claire is running this, she, you know, the the workers are t starting to take advantage of her, so she fires everybody. And basically, a 
super cool group of five women are running this whole ranch. And it's just, it's just like a story of strong women. It's a little soapy. Um, it's a little less risque, honestly, than a place to call, to call home got in a few places. Um, but yeah, it's just the, the trials and, and tribulations of running um, a big ranch like this. And, um, you know, especially for um, a group of women who have never really been in charge before. So that's been, been really fun. I love stories of strong women, so that totally uh, fits the bill there. So that's the kind of like all I'm watching, except for occasionally my daughter and I have been watching Gilmore Girls. Speaking of stories with strong women, um, we figured out that we started watching that when she was a junior in high school. She just graduated college, and we're on season three, so we're not really very dedicated to it. <laughs> but it is really fun to rewatch those episodes. I do love the Gilmore Girls. I know a lot of people think that Lorelai Gilmore is a terrible mother, and she's not the kind of mother that I am, but you know what? I really appreciate her. So that's been kind of fun here and there. And then um, as a family, you know, we, we have a family show that we watch every night about 9.30. Everybody kind of heads down, or most people anyways, kind of heads down for us to watch uh, an episode or two before we go to bed. And, um, or before, like my husband and I go to bed and who knows when those kids are going to bed. But um, we just recently finished up re-watching. We watched it when they were kids and re-watching Avatar The Last Airbender, which had just dropped on Netflix. And now they, they just dropped the sequel to that, which is called The Legend of Korra. And um, that's been really fun to rewatch too. And, and for the kids to kind of just remember, they're like, oh, I remember this. And I remember us, you know, like, I don't know, we watched this and then we went to the beach that day or, you know, just all those little fun family memories. So, so that's what's going on um, TV wise. And um, I'd love to hear what you guys are watching. I love it when people drop me um, show recommendations. Um, the best place to do that so you can share with everybody would be the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group, which um, I was so happy after last episode, a bunch of new people joined and I've kind of gotten my act together um, about posting there a little more often. What I've done the last um, couple weeks is started to turn around. Last episode, I did a little Q&A and then I turned those questions around and asked them in the group, um, just like, you know, what was your inspiration to start quilting and what's your, you know, favorite part of the quilting process, all those kinds of, you know, just fun questions. And it was so, um, it was just so fun to hear all the different answers that, that people got, especially about how people started quilting. And that was, that was really fun. So, um, yeah, if you've got good, um, book and TV show recommendations, movies, whatever, we love to hear them in the sample, simple handmade everyday Facebook group. All right, let's move on to books. I do have a book I want to talk about. Um, I have talked about um, The Lazy Genius as a podcast that I sometimes listen to. Um, I love her. Her name's Kendra Adashi. And um, she has this thing about be a genius about things that matter and lazy about things that don't. And she just, I feel like we have so much in common, she and I, but she has the type of brain that really recognizes the patterns and systems about why she's doing things, where I'm just uh, do things certain ways because it comes naturally. And she kind of explains it, in which I, I really like. So if you go to her, her podcast, she has episodes on um, the lazy genius transitions to fall, for instance. And she just talks about that. She also has this thing about closing ceremonies. So as you end a season, um, you know, like having a sort of a, a close, something that you do that marks the end of summer, 
and then the beginning of the next season. She also has, she loves to cook. So she's got, um, she has this recipe called Change Your Life Chicken, which I need to try. And the only reason I haven't made it before is um, I think she uses chicken thighs with the skin on. And, um, you know, like I shop at Trader Joe's, not at a normal meat department. So I can just get a bag of frozen chicken thighs and they're boneless, skinless, all that kind of stuff. And she wants the bone in and the skin on. So I would need to go to another kind of my normal, a normal grocery store for that. And I just haven't done that. But someday I'm going to do it. People love, it's called Change Your Life Chicken. Um, But she has a, I'm listening right now to a three part, um, three podcast episodes in a row about food bowls. building food bowls, you know, like something that's got a base of, of rice or pasta or something, you know, and, and how to layer the flavor. She really just kind of breaks everything down. She had a great episode on the lazy genius explains salads, you know. So anyway, she has a book called, what is it called? Um, the lazy genius way, embrace what matters, ditch what doesn't and get stuff done. And, um, I wasn't sure I was going to like learn a lot from this book, but I decided to buy it anyways. And so here's, um, she has basically, I mean, it's just, it's a fun book that's got a lot of personality in it. Um, But she has, what does she call them? Probably principles, lazy genius principles. And I think there's like 12 of them. And um, so I'll kind of give you an idea. Um, One of them is, and, and it's all basically about simplifying your life so that you can do the things that you want to do. So one of the things is decide once. And I wish I had <laughs> kind of st- I, I stumbled, I wish I had known about this earlier. I've, I've kind of danced around it in my life. But so decide once is um, we have too many decisions to make. So you need to create, oh, you know what? I actually t- did a podcast episode where I wanted to figure out my go-tos. I call them my go-tos. So to have um, so for her, decide once on a dinner that you make when someone comes over for dinner. You know, like the first, you know, obviously if people come over all the time, you wouldn't make the same thing. But just like, like her thing is that when we invite a family over for dinner the first time, we do homemade pizza. Um, so like have your, your one, this is my entertaining dish. Um, when someone has a baby... I, you have one gift to give it to them. As quilters, it's probably a baby quilt. I don't know. Um, teacher gifts, you know, decide this is my teacher gift. It is a candle and a Starbucks card or <laughs> whatever. Um, by the way, there is a Lazy Genius um, Facebook group where people talk about this all the time. What is your decide once teacher gift or, or you know, new neighbor gift or whatever. But I love having this, you decide once, and this is the thing that I always do. And that I love, I love having, you know, just like my, like I have my, love having my go-to quilts to work on. I love to have my go-to, you know, gifts. When, um, when my brother started having babies, I was the aunt that always gave a book. It wasn't always the same book, but I was always the aunt that gave a book. So she also has a, um, in, under the category of decide once, um, a Monday morning uniform. So she always wears basically the same combination of things on Monday morning so that that is one less decision to make to make Monday a little bit easier. For her, it's like 
black bottoms and a denim shirt. So in the summer, it's like black shorts and a denim shirt. And in the winter, it's jeans and a like a chambray shirt, that kind of a thing. That would not be my choice. But and I haven't gone to this yet. But I kind of uh, kind of dig that idea of just having this uniform. And um, I listened to one of her podcast episodes where somebody thought that was a really crazy idea, but decided to try it and then ended up really loving it. Um, so that's decide once. And I think there's a lot of places in um, our lives that we could uh, really simplify that down. Um, and the other one is um, start small. And I mean, this is not a unique idea to start small, but, and there's even books called micro habits and mini habits and things like that. But um, this is just another way to em- embrace trying to do something new, a new habit. Um, we often try to do too many things or make the the uh, the habit too big for her. She gives the example of she's always wanted to do yoga. She had this idea she'd do like a 30-minute yoga class three days a week, and, and she just never did. So what she started to do was one downward dog. <laughs> And she did that for like, you know, like six months was that's all she did. But then she felt like she was doing yoga every day. And then she built a little bit from there. And so I've used that. I know that meditation is a good thing to do. And I write it on my list of things to do. Like I make a list of these are the things I want to do this week. And meditate and strength train are the two things that I I never get to. I put them down very aspirationally every week. So I decided I'm going to do this. So I, this week... Have have meditated almost every day for at least one minute, sometimes two minutes. And it seems, frankly, even two minutes seems really long, um, but it's so doable. And I just do it um, in the mornings before I, if I can, I take my coffee out to the, the patio and that's where I do my devotional and any kind of inspirational reading I'm doing. And then I just close it, set the timer for a minute and boom, do it. And, it, and kind of the same thing with, um, strength training. I need to strength train. I'm a very high risk of osteoporosis. I should do it like it's medicine and I hate it. And so I found seven minute workout is this free app. And and so seven minutes is not too bad, but there are times that I won't even do it for seven minutes. I figure if I do it for three minutes, five minutes, it is better than nothing. And, um, and it's more important to do it every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever. To, to establish the habit is more important than the length of time at this point. So those are two. Uh, decide once and start small. I'll give you an idea of the um, of the little principles she talks about. So I'm not. I'm almost done with that book, but I know that I can recommend it um, with with no hesitation. So that's the lazy genius. Um, the book that I'm listening to uh, as an audiobook sometimes while I'm cutting and cutting fabric and placing them on the walls and stuff is The House at Tyneford by Natasha Solomons. And it's one of those audio books that I got on Chirp. I've talked about that, this in another podcast. There is a little, it's instead of like Audible, they have this other app called Chirp and they have very inexpensive audiobooks. And for a while I was getting the emails for the sales. And so you could buy them for 99 cents, $1.99. And I bought three and then I wasn't listening to them. So I stopped getting the emails. So I wouldn't just keep buying them. Um, but now I was looking for something to read and um, that's been really good. So that is about this woman Um, Well, she's 19 at the beginning of the book. It's in like the late 30s and they're in Austria. She and her family and, um, you know, World War II, Hitler, all this stuff is happening and they're Jewish and it's not safe for them to stay. Um, 
in Austria anymore. And so, and they had some money. I think her father might be a doctor or something. I can't remember. Um, and, you know, like they have servants, you know, so, and so the, what they do is she applies, they make her apply for a position as a maid in England. And she gets um, this position at the, at the house of Tyneford and where she's a maid. So like it, her whole life changes extremely um, suddenly um, from being the person that's being waited on to the person who is doing the waiting. And um, I'm not that far into it, but I am enjoying it. Um, the, the reader is good. Um, it is kind of funny because the, the narrator has a British accent, but when she, so, so as she's talking about, you know, like the thoughts of, in this woman's head, you know, it's in this British accent, but when she actually speaks, she does it with kind of like an Austrian accent. And I always find that kind of jarring, like, why are your thoughts in a British accent and your speech is in an Austrian accent? I don't know. Um, so that's been kind of fun. Um, and the other two things that I wanted, I've talked about several times before, but as we ease into the homemaking session section is um, two books by Rhonda Hetzel, Rhonda Hetzel from um, the Down to Earth blog. And those books are Down to Earth and Sim The Simple Home. And they are, they are homemaking books. And I just like to read them sometimes to um to get inspired and and because september we're going into september here this is like like the new year um you know a lot of us like to take it as a new start i just and it's the change of season um i just really kind of want to start freshening things up it feels like a fresh start and so one way to do that is the fly lady method and i heard from somebody who said um i want to do the fly lady but i can't handle all those emails and you don't have to. The Fly Lady set the system and Diane in Denmark made it accessible. I keep talking about it, but it's true. So I love my Diane in Denmark. Um, in brief, the Fly Lady system is do a little something every day, about 15 minutes. Um, you can do what's called a weekly home blessing where you kind of do uh, a quick clean, set things to right in the main areas of your house, and then... Um, Every week you hit a zone of your house where you do a little bit more. You do a little bit better job dusting. You do some decluttering. Just 15 minutes a day, it's up to you what you do. Um, but Fly Lady or Diane in Denmark will give you lists of things. Or, or what, you know what I love is to do is watch Diane in Denmark. She does these things like this, <laughs> these clean with me videos where you she's just going to do her 15 minutes in her living room or in her kitchen and um and so you can just kind of see what she does and how the fact that she does it every month means there's like almost nothing to do um when when you get there and i had that experience that the zone this week is um the master bedroom bathroom and um my husband works in here that's where i'm recording this right now at his desk and um, so he goes for a walk in the afternoon. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get in there during that time. That'll be my, like my 15 minutes. And I did the things, the, the, you know, get to dust the cobwebs that, you know, get that with those tall duster and get around the ceiling and the baseboards just with a duster, give the, the shutters a really good wipe down, do a, a, a slightly nicer job of dusting than usual. Um, you know, just things like that. And I was in and out definitely in 15 minutes. And then 
the rest of the week I would go in there and I was like, I was literally looking for things to do. What can I do? I went through my drawers and kind of refolded some things. I straightened out under the sink of the master bath and um, I walked into my closet and thought, okay, I'll do a little straightening or decluttering. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I cleaned this out pretty well a year ago and it's held up. So it just needs, you know, a little bit of tweaking. Um, so if you do it consistently, it, it really doesn't take that long. Um, and this does kind of go into um, having, uh, keeping records, having like a binder, which I do have, a homemaking binder. I think the fly lady calls it like the a control journal. And um, Diana Denmark calls it her Huga Home <laughs> binder. Okay, but before I talk about that, I do want to say I put a, a link in the, in the Facebook group, and I'll put a link in the show notes that... Um, Diane in Denmark is doing starting in September a 31 baby steps which is the the fly the fly lady has like the 31 baby steps like the first month just to kind of get you going without again start small let's don't try to do everything the first you know the first week or whatever um, and she's gonna she has a YouTube channel which is where I discovered her she now also has a blog and but she's gonna do the 31 days on um, IGTV so you might want to follow her on Instagram and she's done these 31 baby steps thing before. So if you just wanted to skip ahead or if you didn't want to, I didn't think about this. Someone said, is this going to be on YouTube too? And it's not. It's on Instagram, IGTV. But she's done this in past years. And you can find those playlists on YouTube if you want to just follow those instead. Um, but one of the, pretty sure that one of the days, actually, I think it's over a couple of days, she will have you build a homemaking binder. And mine is very simple. I do have one. And... It simplifies my life so much if I can remember to open it up every day and look at it. So in this binder, I know that a lot of people in Rhonda Hetzel and her down to earth books and stuff talk about this. And it always puts me off because um, they try to make it too much. So they're like, oh, you know, you should have this binder and it can have, you know, your calendar in it and you can keep your recipes in it and your, um, you know, address book and stuff. And I'm just like, I have a calendar. I have an address book. I have recipe binders. I don't need everything in this one binder. What I need are lists of things that I can check off in each of the zones as I clean them. So what? So I, I for my own, you know, the things that I want to clean in my bedroom, you know, I've got the ceiling fan and the shutters and the um, doing the deep dust on things and the deep vacuum and um, washing the bedding and washing the quilts and, you know, vacuuming the cat tree. You know, not everybody has a cat tree. <laughs> things like that. So it, I walk through each area of my home and, and brainstormed a list, just typed it up and I put it in a sheet protector. And then um, I just mark them off when I do my little 15 minutes in that zone per week. And then, and I don't do everything every month like not everything has to be done every month i don't need to where it's a good example i don't need to um declutter every month i don't need to do um you know tear apart the whole bed and wash all the bedding every month you know i do the the sheets regularly um you know just there are just things you need to do i don't need to wash the windows every month i can wash them three to six months or whatever whatever your tolerance is for that but um, what I like to do is I mark them off and then I'm thinking to myself, I get to the end of the week. I'm like, okay, what I didn't do this time is clean out. Like we, we have these shelves in our closet that have all the, um, overflow bathroom items, extra soap and toothbrushes and toothpaste and all the bandages and things like that. And it gets to be kind of a mess. And I'm like, okay, I didn't get to that this month. So I just left, 
um, put a little sticky on the thing and it said like next month do the storage cabinet and so that so when I when it comes back up again I'll go oh yeah that's the thing I didn't get to and that really works it works really well for me um, my biggest problem is remembering to use it and so I need to leave it out where it is in a, a good place um, and so I have those lists of things to do for each zone. And then I do have a list of cleaning recipes. And that has been useful for, useful for me because um, like I use citric acid to clean out the coffee maker, but I can never remember what the ratios are. So I just finally jotted that down and put that in the in this um, homemaking binder. Today, I printed out and then taped onto a page my uh, the home the DIY recipe for poopery. <laughs> Do you know what that is? It's that little spray that you can buy. Um, you spray it onto the toilet water before you use the toilet for a number two. And it really works. Um, and it's made up of essential oils. And it, the oil part is important. The smelly part is good too, that it smells good. But also the fact that it's oil is good. So that's um, essential oils and um, alcohol and water and you just shake it all together in a little, I have a little four ounce spray bottle that I bought in the travel section at Target. And um, I just leave it on the counter and um, in, in the downstairs bathroom, which seems to be the most popular bathroom. And uh, it really works. So, so I finally printed that out and put that in there. So, um, so that little organizational thing really kind of keeps me on track and um, keeps me, you know, thinking about things like, you know, taking the cushions off the couch and vacuuming them, which I never think to do. But it, when it comes up on my list once a month to do that in the living room, then I think to do it. So anyways, um, I, I probably will not be doing the 31 baby steps. Maybe I'll check in on it, but I, I think I'm kind of past that. But I, it is a really good way to get started. All right. Um, I think that is about it. There is no, there were no reviews. Wah, wah. Um, <laughs> so if you enjoyed the podcast and haven't left a review, I uh, would appreciate if you popped on over to Apple Podcasts and, and left a rating and, uh, and a review. Share this with a friend if you think they would um, find it useful. Thanks so much for spending this time with me. Um, I just appreciate, appreciate you guys so much, and we will talk to you next time. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram at Kristen Esser. And once again, please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day 5 private Facebook group to keep the conversation going.